Some key Giants offensive players are back on the practice field. So who plays and who sits on Monday in Kansas City? We preview Giants Chiefs, make our picks, and debate whether the Giants should make a trade before Tuesday's trade deadline. No guests today, but we answer your tweets on the trade deadline and the state of the team. So join us on a happy Halloween edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Make sure you subscribe, catch up on all old episodes, give us a five-star rating, write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. No guests on today's show, but we will hear from you, the listeners, the followers, the readers. We'll read your tweets and reply to LT's tweet as we preview Monday's game against the Chiefs, Giants-Chiefs in Kansas City. Now let's welcome in your host of Blue Rush this season. That would be two-time Super Bowl champion kicker. His arse will be in the building, Lawrence Tynes, and his co-host, Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz. Guys, we're going to start this show a little bit different. One of the press conference questions to Daniel Jones has been a big talk of Twitter, so let's hear it. Not long ago to say that, you know, the Chiefs are a struggling team and the Giants have to make sure not to overlook them. Would, people would think you were drunk. Uh, I was drunk. Um, when you look at them right now, what do you see? I and mean, they're a team that's struggling, certainly defensively. <laughs> All right, Paul, we need to hear your reaction. What happened on this question? Give us your immediate feedback here. Yeah, hold, hold on one second, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? What was that, what? Jake? Well played. What? Listen, listen. Uh, if we're going to start taking Twitter and Twitter reaction to this stuff, this is what I asked Daniel Jones, okay? I sobered up in time to ask this question, so I don't <laughs> I don't need any kind of crap from you. You know what I mean? You know, you got to do things when you're impaired, right? Look, it is an amazing thing, right, that we're talking about the Giants going to play the Chiefs, and it was a realistic line of questioning to Daniel Jones and to Joe Judge. Are you overlooking the Chiefs? Right? Are you overlooking the team that was in the Super Bowl last year and won the Super Bowl two years ago because they're playing so badly? So the way I phrased it to Daniel Jones was, if, if you if I said that to you a month ago, that would you possibly overlook the Chiefs? You would think that you were drunk. I thought to myself, well, I don't want to have Daniel Jones me say that he's drunk. So I said, or if I was drunk. That's all. No drunkenness. He answered the question fine. We move on. Well, the caption was, is this guy admitting that he's drunk? And when we see this guy, we we're like, Paul Schwartz. So you indeed were not drunk on the job. It's good to know. Lawrence, did you did you have reaction to seeing that? <laughs> I actually do now more than I did originally. Because when I heard the question watching the press conferences, I just, maybe my co-host is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Paul, tongue-in-cheek, right? I'm just busting your balls here. Anyway, so you are coming to Kansas City. Hopefully we're going to see each other. And we eat some barbecue, pulled pork, burn ends. I mean, maybe we can do that at halftime or whatever. We can meet yes, up. Yes, I am and, coming and, to Kansas City. And, and do um, like a live you know, shot for our fans. Not long ago, right? You know, I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, they play Monday night games at Kansas City. That's a loss. They play a Monday night game at Tampa. That's a loss. 
They probably still are losses, but I don't know. Are you kind of looking at this and saying, you know, you know the Chiefs. You know that you probably know the Chiefs other than the Giants. You probably know the Chiefs better than any team in the league, I would think, right? I do. Uh, yeah. One number comes to mind. It's 142. Do you know what that is? How many straight sellouts or something? No. No? That's the decibel level. The ah. Guinness Book of World Records that they broke in 2014, 142 decibels. So it's just like a 747 taking off at takeoff. That place, I, I played in Seattle, not when they were the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks. And that place is loud. But this is a world record for a reason. There's no roofs. There's no piped in noise. This place is electric. And a lot of Giants fans can can think back on the old Meadowlands. The yes. stadium is very, very similar. It's built straight up. It doesn't go back. Same architects, HOK architects. I don't know why I know that, but I do. And they're based out of Kansas City. The stadium is electric. Monday Night Football, a wounded, beat up, media's talking bad, fans are talking bad about this football team in Kansas City. It's going to be a tough night. I'm telling you what, this team, you got Patrick Mahomes, you've got star players on the offense. It's going to be a tough night for the Giants. When I did sober up and we we were talking to uh, Joe Judge, it, it was really funny. You know, Joe Judge was actually funny. I can't uh, verbalize what he said, but you know, but he gave a very funny facial expression when he was asked, the Chiefs offense, has the league kind of caught up to them a little bit? Now, the Chiefs offense is fine. It's their defense is no good. You know, their offense is fine, but he was asked, has the league kind of caught up to the Chiefs offense? And Joe Judge looked and he gave this really funny face for like eight or 10 seconds and didn't say a word. And then he said, I mean, how did the league catch up with them? Is everyone as fast as Tyreek Hill or Hardman? Can everybody cover the deep ball as deep as he can throw that thing? I think it's a foolish narrative for us to buy into if we think this team isn't as good as they are. So yeah, I don't think, you know, there's no, you know, we kid around about the Giants will take them for granted and things like that. But other than turnovers, there's nothing wrong with their offense they're averaging like 27 points a game and if you take away the stinker last week in Tennessee they're averaging 30 points a game so we're talking about the demise of, of people talking about the demise of uh, Patrick Mahomes right you know how many touchdowns he is on pace to get I think like 44 44 and he's also on pace to throw you know a bunch of interceptions he's already got nine so <laughs> and we're you know. celebrating Daniel Jones's win last week and he has five touchdown passes that shows you where we are franchise versus one of the elite teams in the NFL they're struggling no doubt about it and close friends of ours and people you covered Paul Steve Spagnuolo, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, coaching that defense. The thing the Chiefs aren't getting, and, and I live here, so I, I watch them a little bit, is Chris Jones and Frank Clark, their two premier $25 million a year players, are getting no pressure. And Spags' defense is based off the front four generating pressure. He blitzes about 30% of the time, but they just are not getting any pressure on the quarterback. The offense is fine. I feel like they're pressing a little bit because they know they have to score 30-something points. I mean, the defense is, like you said, giving up 29 points a game. They're averaging 27. The Chiefs, on the flip side of that, are giving up 26 and scoring 20. So this is a kind of a game as we get through and, and kind of do our picks. I mean, there could be a lot of points scored, but Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. We were talking to uh, Daniel Jones about how, how they move the pocket so much against the Panthers. And, um, you know, Daniel has said that, you know, when you roll out like that, that's fine. But you do limit yourself, right? You're rolling out to one side. You can't throw it to the other side. You can't throw it across your body. Now, who does that? And we see that in highlights all the time. Patrick Mahomes does that. And it's almost like one of those things where you look at and a coach will say, you see, he did that. 
Don't try that, right? Don't try that because you can't do that. You know, that's the big issue for the Giants on defense, certainly, is play is coming all the way to the right. And so you your eyes take you to the right and he'll throw it all the way to the left. Now, he is throwing the ball up for grabs more, but they're also playing close games and they're behind more. So it's imperative that the Giants can't get into that kind of game with them because if they're ahead, he's not going to throw interceptions. No, they're getting down early in ball games. It's twice this year they've been down 14-0 early. And then, it, you know, Andy Reid always has liked to throw the football, no matter whether he was in Philly or Kansas City. They don't have much of a running game, but I think this is going to come back to, to Travis Kelsey. The Giants haven't covered a tight end since maybe Antonio Pierce was in, in New York. I mean, they just have not covered tight ends very well. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill, but the speed they have on the outside. Listen, they're going to have to play too deep all night and just frustrate. And listen, that's what the Giants are good at. They do frustrate defenses, but I feel like teams are starting to do that more because the Chiefs, for some reason, they just won't run the football. They won't run it. Even in six-man box with six blockers, they will try and get the big play. Now, maybe they're going to revisit everything after the media and the fans have called them out and they've had a rough start but I I still think Travis Kelsey is going to be the X factor in this game what about who Daniel Jones is throwing to guys a couple of guys Paul maybe you could update us we're back on the field Saquon it seems like he's still probably a week away but Galladay Shepard Kadarius Tony who's going to be out there for Daniel Jones Monday yeah I mean I tweeted it and I I video they're back on the field now you know we don't get to see a lot of practice they were back on the field I actually uh, uh, took a video of Saquon kind of getting out a little late so he was running across the field to get into the uh, stretch line and he had a little bit of a limp Uh, but Galladay was out there Tony was out there Tony actually walked onto the field he wears like a scuba hat you know he wears like the space helmet the space he he wears that you know I mean and and look he's from Florida so it was it was kind of windy out there at, at practice and you know he must be thinking oh man and he's so he's wearing that thing on his head and he was walking out and kind of joking with Judge, which I think was a good sign. I think Judge and Tony are building a really good relationship, by the way. I think it's an interesting dynamic they have there. I think there's a good respect for because Judge had Kadarius's back in the summer when things didn't look that great. But Galladay was out there. Shepard. Now, Shepard, I think, is a little bit further advanced because he at least warmed up last week as if he was going to play. And then they realized, no, no, we're not going to put him out there. So Thursday, Friday, we'll know more. I'm not feeling great, guys. I'll tell you, I'm not feeling great that any of these guys are going to play. I think Shepard probably will. You know, Lawrence, I know you're kind of wondering about Saquon, right, with that ankle. Come on. Come on. Yeah, we need you. Come on. Three weeks, bud. You're running back in the NFL. I played with running backs that had broken bones in their feet. Come on. Sprained ankle. Maybe I don't know all the details, but three weeks on a sprained ankle. I played six days later. I was a kicker. Completely different deal here, but that shit hurt all year long. Just come on. We need you. We need you. Just your presence. Even if you're just kind of a decoy to some extent, maybe get you out on some screens. And Shepard, all, all I have to do is go watch the Kyle Rudolph mic'd up. Shep is dancing. He I was mean, wild. He, yeah. he was yeah. wild. He was ready. They probably just protected him. Didn't think they thought they could win without him, which they did. But I think to your point, I think Shep will be available. Man, if we could just get Tony or Galladay. I'm not going to be greedy. One or the other would really give this offense a little bit of a punch to hang in there on, on Monday night. It's a weird thing. Sometimes I forget they're on the team. You know what I mean? A guy like Galladay, you know, you know, he 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 was slow early. He said, "Look, it's going to take a while here." He had a hamstring all summer. Then he comes in. It's slow. It's slow. Then bang. He looks really good in New Orleans, right? And you think, okay, now they got then Tony. I mean, Tony is it, it looks like a superstar in, in What is his injury, Paul? Ankle? Uh, ankle, yeah. Oh, ankle. Okay. And Galladay is if it's a bone bruise. Knee. Is it the I think I've heard the word bone bruise being yeah, thrown? Yeah. That, yeah. That's painful, tough. Right? Painful. Painful, yeah. painful, painful, painful. 
that thing and it doesn't go away. You, you can ice it all you want. That can linger for four to six months. He's just going to have to hopefully not take any shots there because that that bone bruises. I've had one from that. Remember that preseason game where I got smoked against the Carolina Panthers, and I of course I'm a kicker. I don't get hit very much, but that thing hurt through January, February, and every X-ray we took, it was still the same size all the way through the season. So those are tough. These injuries, uh, they got hit with another one. You know, the Jabril Peppers. Uh, now, look, Jabril Peppers was, was playing, you know, 60% of the snaps. You know, we've talked about how, I mean, to me, it's the most surprising regression of any player on the roster. This is a guy who played virtually, he played 90% of the snaps last year. And, and this year he's playing half the snaps. He's playing 60%. He, now he's letting him return punts because he's not playing a lot uh, on defense. Xavier McKinney is a starter. Logan Ryan's a starter. They're both signed for next year. Jabril is not. And for him to go down, ACL, who knows if he'll even be ready for next year. He won't have a contract. We have some audio, I think, right, of, of Joe Judge talking about Jabril. And let's hear this. And then I think we need to comment on this, LT, because we both agree it's something a little unusual. Look, it's really tough for a guy like Jabril to put so much, and I don't want to speak for him. I'm just speak from my opinion of him. It's, it's really tough for you know having a guy like that to put so much into the team, puts the team first, does everything you ask him to do to the best of his ability, brings so much juice to the team, is a productive player on the field, wears so many hats for you as a team, and it's always whatever you need, coach, here I go. And for this to end his season – um, that's something you don't want to see for any player. You know, it's tough seeing it for Pep. It really is. And there's some other things, you know, in a business standpoint too, is like, look, it's this guy's in a contract year. It's something I'm talking about directly. Um, this guy that I value a lot in this program, um, like I'd love to have this guy going forward. I've told that directly. Um, he's been a very good leader for us. You know, you can talk about him being local, but the Giants mean something to him. I think that's very important. He's a guy that loves football. He loves this organization. He loves this area. Uh, those are things we talk about building as, you know, cornerstones and pillars for this program. And uh, he's a very important part of our program. Lawrence, you don't hear a guy. I mean, I was, you look, the first part, it's tough for him. You know, he's a great guy. He does anything you want. Okay, yep, that's like that's right out of coaching 101 when a guy goes down and he's a good player on the team. We get that. And then he started saying it's his contract here. And I'm like, wow, head coaches don't usually go down that road, do they? Never. You know, it was the coach speak. And then, then as he talked more about him, the human side of Joe Judge came out. And really, Giants fans, they love this guy. Love his energy. I, I'm thinking of the play where he got blocked, ran Sam Darnold down the other day. I mean, that effort play is something that defines Giants football of the past on defense. And and people love him. And then he breaks us down in the locker room after the game. This is interesting because coaches, to your point, never talk about through management and obviously negotiations. They know they want him back, but it just shows you how much uh, Joe Judge thinks of, of the captain. I mean, he's a captain for a reason. The players rally around him. I love that he said, I don't know if it played in the video, but he is going to be around with the team. They want him to travel. That is rare. Like you never traveled. Coach Coughlin never traveled her players because he thought they would be distractions. They didn't have the, you know, but he trusts Jabril Peppers enough to bring him along on a road trip where he won't even play. I mean, that that says a lot about Jabril Peppers, the football player and teammate. I think we mentioned it on the podcast last week. Jabril Peppers was just giving one word answers and he was down. He was and and maybe I did also. You kind of look at that and say oh, he's got an attitude, but it wasn't an attitude. He's so frustrated when they're losing and he he's not playing as much and maybe not doing as much. He really is all in. Phrase that you remember obviously. He is all in on the Giants and this team. And, you know, when you listen to Joe Judge, it's almost like, how how are they not going to bring him back in some strange way? You know, now, when I first saw this, I said, okay, Jabril has probably played his last game for the Giants because he's, he's out for the season now. He's a free agent. 
They have two safeties who, who, who are signed, who are starting. He's gone. But then you think about it, this, unfortunately for Jabril, brings his value way down, right? He's coming off an ACL. He might not be ready for the season. So you, you can maybe he's more valuable to the Giants, and the Giants would give him a little more than anybody else would. So I can almost see them saying, you know, Jabril, you need to kind of reestablish yourself. We'll give you a one-year contract. We want you around. You rehab with us throughout this whole thing. That's not the craziest thing in the world which I didn't think was going to be the case. But then when Joe Judge starts basically opening a vein for the guy and saying, he's a guy that I value a lot in this program. I'd love to have this guy going forward. I told him that directly. So if, if he told him that directly, then we'll see. It's, it's, interesting. Yeah. it's interesting. I think a lot will depend on where this team is towards the end of the season. You know, are they trending up? Are they trending down? What's the record? Because Jabril Peppers deserves to go play for a winner. He's still a young player, but he's probably got four or five more seasons left in him. He's 26. He's a young guy. Yeah. And guys, that, I mean, that leads us to the immediate future of the Giants with Tuesday at 4 p.m. being the trade deadline. We'll have a Tuesday post game show. That'll be our only show next week. Who do you see moving? Do they stay put? Do they make a move and, and get someone? Do they trade Ingram? Lawrence, we'll start with you. What do you think happens Tuesday? I think your number one candidate, obviously, is Evan Ingram. He has some ability. He's young. He needs a fresh start for a lot of reasons, but I think Evan Ingram's a guy that you're not going to get a, a high pick for, but I think he's someone that could benefit, mutually benefit. You know, the Giants get a draft pick, and then Evan goes on his way. It just didn't work out here, and I think if he moves, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into a perennial pro bowler somewhere else, uh, maybe in a different scheme. So he would be the number one guy I think you could move and get a little bit of value for, but other than that, I mean, other than big-name players, I mean – we're trying to build something here. So I don't think you're, we're going to get rid of anyone that, that makes a lot of money. I talked to someone in the building and I talked to someone in Engram's camp and they said, there's nothing happening now, but we have several days. You know what I mean? We have several days before that. Now it was funny because Evan Engram wasn't on the practice field today. And it's like, Hmm, you know, so sometimes you've seen that, right? A guy's not on the practice field and you say, yeah, when I saw that, I thought, thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. said he's in with the trainers, which I suppose is true. They don't have to give out an injury report today because today is a Wednesday, but it's not a Wednesday in terms of football because they play on a Monday night. You, so you know where game. I would like to see him go, Paul? I think where he would flourish in state up in Buffalo. I think that arm, right? I'm thinking of Josh Allen's arm being able to stretch the field and use, we've never been able to really, in my opinion, use Evan as a seam guy running longer routes. It's all this little eight, nine, 10 yard stuff because the O-line, I think because they're, they're, is it Dawson Knox? Is that his name? The kid up yep. in Buffalo? I think he's, he's injured hurt. right now, but he'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah. But man, oof. I, I don't know. That's just my guess if I had to pick a team. So you're saying Evan Ingram's going to go from being booed outside MetLife yep. Stadium to potentially hoisting a Lombardi trophy in February. Good for him. That That's just, Look, yeah. Clearly, I like Evan better than you do because you want to send him to Buffalo. I was thinking of someplace like the Chargers, uh, Herbert throwing him. The yeah, ball, either, know, someone they, they, with they, a big arm, right? Like someone a, with a big yeah. arm because – at least send him to someplace perfect. You know, I just San think Diego, since he's know, been LA's here, he, he is a guy that can absolutely stretch the field. And you just never see those plays. Maybe his first year with Eli, I don't think we use him the right way. I mean, and also, look, I mean, Evan has had some drops. He's he has. Had some, he's had some unfortunate plays. He has, you know, he's suffered a little bit of a crisis of confidence at times yeah, where it's, it's a tough route. Bermuda Triangle of, of badness, and he's, you know, he, he drops the ball, the ball deflects, you know, the Philly, the ball going through his uh, hands in, in Philly was, is, you know, is, is, is a killer, a killer for the fan base. But, you know, I like the guy. I mean, I, I told him. Yeah, he's him, a great guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I went up to him as a, when he was a rookie, and it was bad. The Giants, and Lawrence, you don't know this. This is solely foreign to you because you had a good team 
with veterans and you had guys willing to talk about success and failure. His rookie year, he was playing well, as you said, and they were bad and there was nobody really accountable and nobody. And so he was in front of his locker every day as a rookie, kind of like the spokesman for the team. And it's like, I went to him one day and I said, man, you are an impressive rookie because that's not easy to do. And it's not a role you should be doing. When you were with the Giants, the rookies probably didn't say two words. The thing I admire about him is he's never shied away from anything anyone's ever written about him, said about him. And that says a lot about him as a person. Having said that, he's yeah, having, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, he, it, it's, it's like he needs a fresh start. He needs to go and start a new career somewhere else. And I think he's the only one that makes sense for me for the Giants to move. Now there could be someone on the bottom end of the roster, maybe someone covets that wants, you know, has a need for depth, but he's the guy that kind of jumps out and maybe makes the most sense. Sarah just threw up after you mentioned that Eagles drop, <laughs> by the way. I'm pretty sure that was a TikTok. Well, he had a bunch of, anytime he was around the ball last year, there was tipped up interceptions. I mean, there was just a lot of, to your point, Bermuda Triangle type behavior. I'm looking at the roster, guys, and I, I don't, you know, there's just not a lot there that people would want. Are they going to give up on a Dory Jackson and, and right away at this point? You can, you know, I think, Jake, you mentioned it off, off air a little bit. You mentioned like James Bradbury. I said, no, it's not the wrong thinking. I don't think it will happen, but if the Giants paid a lot of money for these guys and they said you know what it's not it's not working you know so they, they could but then you have to find a partner that first of all has to go to a good team but you have to go to they can then absorb that kind of a cap hit so I just don't know what matches up who people want you know does anyone want Lorenzo Carter I mean who wants Lorenzo Carter you know what I mean as far as Julian Love you know what I mean uh, you know I, I just it I just could don't be know some who they depth, want. you know a lot of people think it's instantaneous. They want some impact player, but some teams think depth and and maybe Carter's kind of a backup role special teamer, which maybe he excels at for a playoff type contender. It's not always, you know, everyone wants to see the big trade for a starter. That rarely works out. I mean, obviously the Packers signed the, the guy from Houston. That's, that's a good player, but it would be a 21 Andrew Hart's put in there. $21 million cap hit for Bradbury in mm. 2022. So that would be maybe a guy cap. I mean, that's the was. going rate though for a good corner. I mean, he is a good corner. He's a good corner. He he listen, he had some struggles early, but he 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 is around the ball and and he just hasn't come down with those interceptions, but I mean Bradbury's a good player and and from what I can tell is a great locker room guy. So All right, let's move on to the game here. And a couple of news and notes on the Giants. Graham Gano, the Scotsman was named NFC Special Teams Brilliant. Player of the Week. Shout out to the Scotsman. Cue the bagpipes. Cue the pipes. Aziz Ajilari, Andrew Hart's notes that he's making a case for NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. We haven't talked about him a lot, but he leads rookies in sacks. That's a he's very good point. second in tackles for loss and fourth in QB hits, and he, he's tied the Giants' rookie sacks record with five and a half. Wow. And, and, you know what? With B.J. Hill, right? It's so bogus that, I mean, Lawrence Taylor had like nine sacks as a rookie. This, this Aziz whole... is going to blow past nine, so that'll make it null and void. Well, he's the, getting, L, he's, Lawrence he's Taylor's getting more than nine. The other LT, they don't, they're not even, they don't, they weren't even official. Wait, you're, you're, so you're guaranteeing right now Aziz is going to, how many sacks is Aziz going to have this year? I think 11 to 13 sacks. All right, so what, what are we betting on that? 13. Steak dinner. Steak tw- dinner. Um, I'll well, give you okay, 11 and a well, well, you said 13, uh, 12, okay? So over 12. under? Over yeah. You're going to go under? You get you get him a steak dinner, he gets you a Shabbat dinner. One of the two. There we go. What Ben's about, Deli versus... What about Polly's mean chicken parm you say he makes? <laughs> oh, I don't make it. I eat it. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, all right, so so let's see, because if we don't see each other, you're going to have to like send me like something from Omaha Steaks or something. Or how, how okay, are we doing that's this? fair. That's fair. Is, is okay. that fair? I will send you, Jared, your wife, yes. a family yes. dinner of steaks. Fair? 
And then in return, I would yeah. like, and don't send me those New York bagels you guys talk about because I don't eat bagels. So what do you want from New York? Are we, uh, there's, there's some uh, pizza shipments we probably can do. Umberto's. You, you used to have Umberto's, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I don't know if I can ship. Uh, we'll we'll figure something out. You can't out. ship pizza though. That's, yeah, no, sometimes, that's... You, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. Uh, hell, you can ship anything. So what is it? Over under is 12. Sarah, yep. can you jot that down? 12 sacks. Who is so, in agreement with me, Sarah, Andrew, Jake? I mean, I think over 12. This kid is 17 games now, Paul. We've got an extra game. And he's at six and a half. I say 11. Okay. Which is a huge number for a second-round pick, right? I mean, but a lot of people did say he was the best pass rusher So in if the it's draft. 11 and a half, I win. If it's 11. Okay, so we'll set the over under 11 and a half. So no, 11 or no, under, no, you no, win. No, no. 11 and a half, I win. The, Lawrence said 13, so I took it down to 12. Right. So I'm just, I'm just going, yeah. So over, oh yeah, that's yes. fair. Yeah, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm easy. Yeah. That's... So twelve Lawrence wins, eleven and a half under. Paul Aziz. Wins. Okay. What a so, great name too. Omaha steaks versus pizza being shipped. I don't know how this is going to work, but I somehow we'll think I'm going to end up spending more money. But that's fine. You can ship them on. Uh, you have like an yeah, air right. um, connection that you could yeah. send me these things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. He good. knows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know a guy. Overnight. He'll put, he'll put Omaha steaks on a private jet. Overnight. And send them over in a helicopter. Giants, Chiefs. Uh, guys, I'm excited for this Monday night because of the Manning cast. We get Eli calling his former team. And it was an electric broadcast with Marshawn Lynch and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Sue Bird. So many great guests. He's calling the game. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Lawrence will be in the building, stuffing his face with some burn ends yep. in the suite. Break down the game. Make your pick. We'll start with you, Lauren. Very, very tough environment. Like we said, the noise is going to be a huge issue. On the Manning cast this weekend, you heard Tom Brady talk about how teams were able to flourish last year without noise. It's going to be an issue for this team. And guys who obviously have not played a lot of football together too, right? The outside guys, some of these tackles. I think the Giants will be able to score because the Chiefs' defense is a mess. This is a game that the Giants were in last week. Their backs are against the wall. They're playing at home on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs want to let everyone know who they are. The Chiefs, I'm thinking big guys. I'm sorry, 42 to 27, big time. I think they're going to roll at home. I would like to disagree with you. Do you see who the Chiefs are playing after the Giants? No. The Packers. Oof. The Raiders. The Cowboys. It gets tough, yeah. First That's... place, first place, first place, okay? Yeah. They have to win this game. I mean, I mean, you know, they're yeah. three and four. They're in, they're in a good division. So I, I, I think Tuesday morning the Chiefs will be saying, oh, everyone said our defense was no good. The defense was pretty good in this game, wasn't it? I think – Steve Spagnuolo will have something for the Giants. It's just that these injuries are a killer. You can't use them as an excuse, but the Giants showed. Kadarius Toney is electric. Galladay's a good player. You know, Saquon was getting into groove. It's a broken record, but those guys, either they won't be on the field or they won't be in full strength. So, look, the Giants did what they had to do to beat the Carolina Panthers, but this is a whole different animal. It's just a whole different deal. And uh, I'm going to get sick of that tomahawk chop kind of uh, yeah. whatever, that that, that yeah. stuff. They that actually Florida played State that. Thing. Yeah, they played that at practice today. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to get sick of that Monday night pretty quick. So I I, I don't think the Giants win. I just I, I think the Chiefs will put up 30 on them. And, you know, I don't know if the Giants can get 20. Despite Lawrence being in the building, I also think the Chiefs will win. It's a must win for them. And they're playing really mad. This is going to be a game where they just come out firing. I'm going to say 34 24 Kansas City. Sarah, who do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with betting against the Giants because somehow every time I do that, they win. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to go 31 uh, 20. 
Chiefs. We're all going Chiefs. <laughs> and Andrew Hartz, let's make your debut pick on the show. Let's see what you got in your debut here. Well, I'm a little disappointed, Jake, because you had some cojones last week and took the Giants, and it was a nice job. It's, but... it's Sam Darnold. This is Pat Mahomes. Yes, so. two different animals. <laughs> There's there's a slight difference there. Yeah, I have to be in full agreement with all four of you guys and that it's not going to be close. I think the fact that the Chiefs are coming off of a game where they were just utterly embarrassed by Tennessee, they're going to make it a point to show, hey, listen, we're still the Chiefs. We're still, you know, a damn good football team. So I'm seeing it 35 17 mm. Chiefs and then making a full example out of the New York Giants. It's not going to be five to three at halftime, okay, like it was last week. I think we can all agree uh, no. it's not going to be five to three. Unless the conditions are bad. Well, I don't. Think yeah, Joe mentioned that today. It's going to be nice weather, like 48, 45, 40 degrees, something like that. That's how you know he lives in Kansas. 48 is nice weather. What the hell is that? Well, that's for, kind of chilly. That's November football. Is it November true. then? Yeah, yeah. it will be November on Monday. <laughs> Halloween plans, anyone? What, what, what are no. you guys going to be for Halloween? Do you have a costume picked up? Mm, no, not a big Halloween guy. But I, I love handing out candy to the kids. That's my favorite thing. I love seeing the costumes. So I am not a turn the lights off kind of guy. Still hand out candy. Well, Paul, you and your son doing a father-son journalist costumes? Will you have like a notepad? What What's the deal? Well, after my drunk question, um, mm. <laughs> I don't know what kind of a role model I can be for him. So um, Paul's going to have a tumbler. He's just going to be walking around with a tumbler tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to hand out um, cans of beer when the kids come. And uh, oh, No, I, I, we'll, we'll see. We were just talking. Um, Sarah, did you see the um, Buzz Lightyear movie trailer? Yes. 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 I was actually my... going to say, I got my Halloween costume, and Paul's going to be the only one on this call to know who it is. Who, who, what Why? is it? I'm being Gwen Stacy, the Into the Spider-Verse version. Yes, Gwen okay. Stacy. In the comic books, Gwen Stacy had hair just like you. She had long yeah. hair. She also met a very untimely demise, though. So, in the comic book, yes, she met a very untimely demise, Gwen Stacy. But <laughs> my son, when he was very little, was the cutest Buzz Lightyear ever. Because we were just talking about this the other day. I think the year before, my wife was upset that we got kind of a cheap costume. So we went to the Disney store and spent like fifty bucks or sixty Jeez. bucks on this. Buzz Lightyear, and mm. he had these those muscles and the, keeping up very, with the Joneses. He was very proud to be Buzz Lightyear very years ago. Yes, and now the one and only Chris Evans is going to be the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I mean, Chris Evans. So real quick, real <laughs> real quick survey: candy corn, yes or no? I'll start. No, no, no. God, no. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Right. Okay. No. I always like to ask that question. No, what a no. heinous candy! Who in the hell invented that? I'm an Airhead Extreme Bites guy, or uh, yeah. any kind of Airheads. Airheads. That's why my teeth are crooked. Probably just a lot of cherry and grape Airheads. Uh, yeah, Airheads I are love great. Chewy what? candy. Me too. Those, Starburst. Those, you know the Starburst. The, yeah. My wife does a great job. She gets the mini Twix, the mini um, Kit Kats, mm. all that stuff. Snickers. I'm enjoys very good. Snick. Yeah. And, and none of you like the yellow Starburst, right? You're not. No, the I eat them all. Eat them all. Eat them all. Got to catch them all. Okay. Yeah. You, you you cannot discard one. They all, they're all they a family. They come in a pack. I'm red or pink. So like, red or pink. You have to eat all of them. Like, what are we going to do? Just throw that one away? He was with his people. And then... no, I throw it to my roommate. I throw it on his chest or I throw whoever's nearby. I'll just get it. And everyone the, hated, the like, the, you remember the, the runts? No one liked the bananas. You can get chewy oh, runts. runts. Yeah. 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 Like a hard candy, but you can get them in a chewy form. The bananas were always discarded. What is it with those yellow candies? Well, you can find out more about that on our Candy Marvel podcast hosted <laughs> by Paul Schwartz and Sarah McCrory. That's on Sunday. Uh, 
Sour Patch Hearts is sold oh, up as a yeah. solid one. Oh, those are God, good. They, they, yeah, um, watermelon, all watermelon Sour Patch. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to answer some of your tweets, not about candy, coming up next here on Blue Rush. All right. We want to hear from you, the Blue Rush listeners. Lawrence Tynes at LT4Kicks tweeted out and got your replies. And we'll start with, do Giants good yet? Tim, better chance of being a Giant next year, Ingram or Peppers? After what Joe Judge said today, I would say Peppers. Yeah, that's kind of an easy one. You know, I would say Peppers. After today, for sure. Yep. I'll, I'll second that. At NY Sports Always, do you think DJ Reed will have a good amount of snaps this season as Pepper's replacement? And then he asked for a follow-back, Lawrence. And he also he replied to his own tweet after asking for a follow-back, which is an aggressive move, saying, <laughs> are we thinking Ingram is going to be traded because he was in the staff room not practicing, even though he has no injuries? But we addressed that and said he was in the training room. So I guess the DJ Reed question, if you want to answer that. You know, he has some pedigree in the league. So um, people think sometimes when they, they just pick up guys and they say, yeah, we'll just pick them up. Every guy they pick up, they think they have a plan for. You know, now they have Julian Love, right, whose playing time has gone down. But he's a versatile guy, so I think he's first. And if Reed can kind of learn the system, you know, you, you, look, you can't just walk in and step in at safety. You got to know the ropes. Got to play some special teams. You know, you can't have those busts on the back end. It's possible. The new McKinney they got, Bernard Drick McKinney, I think he's going to get more snaps. He's He was a physical guy, you know, and he was a guy who had 100-plus sacks three three years for um, the Texans. So they got a lot of injuries, and, and I think they're trying to do the best they can to bring in guys who can contribute a little bit. All right. From Scott. Scottish Giants, Lawrence. I don't know if you haven't pulled uh, up. Yes. You, you want to read let this me, one in your, let in your me voice? read it. Let me read it. This is from Scottish Giants. I feel like Darius Slayton could definitely be traded for some decent capital. If our D steps up, we can definitely take down the Chiefs with some good offensive calls. Why not? Together Blue from Blair from Glasgow. All right, Blair. All right, I'm going to get out of my Scottish. Thank you for the question, Blair from Glasgow. I follow this guy. They're great. Scottish Giants fans. You know, Darius Slayton's an intriguing one. I think there's some value there with his speed. And, you know, he's a productive player. I wouldn't rule him out as someone that could be traded. I mean, he does have some value for someone looking to stretch the field. And, yes, if RD steps up, we could obviously beat the Chiefs. Having said that, I think it's going to be more about the offense and can we score enough points and – I just don't think, based off the injuries, we have enough firepower offensively to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Mikael Hardman. You can keep going down the list. There's just too many weapons over there. Yes. I mean, the one thing about Slayton is he's been hurt, he's young, and he's and he's cheap. So young and cheap, you usually don't not want to get rid of. You also have to think, you know, is Sterling Shepard going to be on the team next year? Maybe. Maybe not, right, with a cap number. So these discussions would be easier if Galladay was playing and Tony was playing. And then you say, you know, there's really no place for Slayton here. But they're not playing. Look, is Darry Slayton on the team or off the team going to make a big difference down the stretch? Probably not. But I, I'm intrigued by him, too. Like you said, I think he can be better than, than what we've even seen. He was good last year. Kind of things are kind of holding him back a little bit. And then he doesn't get enough playing time. He had a nice game last week. I mean, he had a solid game. He you did, know, but very yeah. solid. He, you know, he was he was running those those slants and the sideline things, and Daniel was hitting him. Yeah, he's a solid player. He really is. All right, a few more bloody questions before we close out the pod. And Scottish Giants also said as a question: How likely is the new GM going to keep DJ on his QB? I don't think we need to answer that because I think we we're all in agreement that Jones is the quarterback next year at this point. BKLNY and Fletch IV said Ingram would be traded, perhaps Shepard if there's a taker. Don't see Gettleman getting rid of anyone he brought in. Can the Giants beat the Chiefs? We, we answer that. Not betting on the D playing 
as well versus Mahomes as he did against Darnold. Offense will need to be healthy. We addressed that. Last one here from Big Lou 61. Why are Ebner, Crossan, and Gillespie taking up roster space? They'll never see offense or defense, and they're not making any impact on special teams. Judd's trying to put his mark on the roster. Oh, that's – come on now. Like, what What do you have to back that up saying they're not contributing? The, you got to have three to five core special teamers like we did with Herslick and Blackburn and – I mean, these guys, you have to have them to make it work. And those three guys are trusted veteran players that can, can play on teams. And obviously this this football team is, is led by a former special teams coach. I have no problem with them having three core guys like that. And whatever they pay them, it's not a ton of money. So, yeah, listen, what are we going to do? Get rid of them? I mean, you got to have good special teams. And, and the Giants, for all intents and purposes, do have a good special teams unit. But those guys are – that's at the very, very bottom of the list if you're talking about you know trying to find something that – they're not the problem, let's just say. I, I think Keon Cross is a pretty good special teams player, actually. They're you know, really he, good. That's why know, they signed he, him. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a good he's a good player. I mean, he, he had a bad one last week. I think he had a penalty. You know, and I think he's a, he's a, he's a plus special teams player. And, you know, Herzlick – Pacinger, you know, those guys you had in 2011, Jaquan Williams a little bit, even though he played a lot more on defense, though. But we wouldn't remember those guys, except they contributed to a freaking Super Bowl. You know what I mean? They were special teams core guys that contributed to a Super Bowl. So these guys are pretty good special teams players, too. Not as good as those guys, I don't think. But when you win, those guys get credit. Or or when you play meaningful games, right? Like in meaningful yep. games, someone's going to make a play in special teams down the road here. The Giants, are they going to be playing meaningful football? Maybe, but probably not. So that's when these guys really show their value. Yeah, for a two and five team, that's a little yeah. nitpicking there by yeah, Big really one. Really extra. It's like you want to blame the color of their socks for their losses too. Uh, it's, it's, big it's a little, uh, little aggressive by Big Big Lou being a little big aggressive. Programming note to close out the show: We'll be back on Tuesday. After the Chiefs game Monday, before Paul flies back, we'll do Tuesday. If there's a big trade, you know, later in the day, maybe Lawrence will, will hop on Twitter spaces. We know oh, yeah. things get crazy in the Giants' Twitter spaces. We've seen oh, that before. Geez. So we'll address the trade on that. Then it will be Monday after the Raiders game. We'll do a Sunday night show. And then the bye week. So we'll be away for a week for a show. And then we'll be back around the 18th to preview that Monday night game. Another Monday night game against Tom Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. That will be a tough one. All right, it's time for NFL Week 8 and Jay Lays Plays with the post. Jeremy Layton will start off this week with your three fantasy starts. All right, for my first start, we're going to go back to a familiar well here, and that is just being a quarterback that plays the Chiefs. Daniel Jones happens to play the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs, obviously, a great matchup for quarterbacks. The second-worst defense in all the NFL in terms of DVOA. They give up the most points per drive, and the Chiefs are also 10-point favorites, so Jones is going to be chasing points. He's going to throw the ball a lot. Volume is obviously going to be there. All he needs to do is not poop the bed and prove that he can handle playing in prime time in Arrowhead. No tall task, but he's played well enough this year to think that he probably can. And also he gets Kadarius, Tony, and Kenny Galladay possibly both could come back. If they both play, I think both of those guys are good starts too. Tony, I like a little bit better. Twofer for you guys here. So there are two running backs in Philadelphia that I think should get some consideration to be in your starting lineup. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. So obviously Miles Sanders went down with an injury in the last week. And he's going to be out this week. They're playing the Lions, who one of the worst teams in the NFL. Eagles are favored. And I think both of these guys have appeal for different reasons. Gainwell is obvious, especially if you're playing in a PPR league 
passing down work. Um, he got eight targets last week without Sanders on the field. They played for 51% of the snaps. So he is probably going to be the higher ceiling guy and the kind of the guy you'd probably start if you had the choice between the two. But I think Boston Scott has some sneaky appeal. He got more carries than Kenneth Gainwell when Miles Sanders left. He had seven. Gainwell only had five. They're playing the Lions. They allow 120 rush yards per game. And the Eagles probably should be winning. They're not as much of a dumpster fire as the Lions are right now. So I think this could be a game where they have to run the ball a lot and kind of salt away the clock. The Lions aren't going to put up much resistance at all. So I think both of them are worth a spot in your lineup. All right, Jaylee, let's go with your three best bets for the week. All right, for bets, the first one I'm going to give you is Cowboys minus two and a half. They're on the road at Minnesota on Sunday Night Football this week. And I'm not doing this because I'm not sure I'm still buying into the whole Kirk Cousins can't play in primetime narrative. It is notable, but what I'm buying into is the Dallas Cowboys. They're really efficient on offense, 6.6 yards per play. They're just the most efficient offense in the NFL. And Minnesota's been solid defensively, but the Cowboys have played good defensive teams. They played Tampa week one, racked up 450 yards on offense. Still haven't scored less than 35 points since a week two game that was very, very weird. They'll get Michael Gallup back. And I think the most important thing here is the number two and a half at three. I don't like it as a road favorite, but as long as it stays under three, I, I think it's the play that the Cowboys are a better team should win this game handily. Let's go to a home underdog, the Saints plus five and a half against the Bucks. And I know the Bucks are really good. This is just not something that people are going to want to do, but this is a big home underdog for a not trash team in the Saints. And the Saints have an excellent defense. They're third best in the league in terms of DVOA. And it's really only the Saints and a couple of teams that their defense is actually having an impact. Plus, is a division matchup. I mean, the Saints beat the Bucks twice last year. They weren't a ton better then than they are now. Bucks probably are better now, um, and they're a threat to blow anyone out us any week. But I mean, this is an enormous game for the Saints. It's in the Superdome. Would not be shocked at all if they keep it close at home. All right, and the last one is, this is one is kind of one where you want to plug your nose and just bet the number, not the team. The Bears are three and a half point home underdogs to the San Francisco 49ers. They had an all-time stinker last week by the team we just talked about. They got destroyed by the Bucks, 38-3. to They were laughed off the field. It wasn't particularly close and you might think that yeah this is just a horrible team you can't bet on them but they do that against great teams and they have a tendency to kind of bounce back a little bit against mediocre teams which is what the 49ers are right now Jimmy Garoppolo not playing well he is going to start Trey Lance is apparently back in practice but I don't know I don't, I don't feel confident that if Jimmy G is struggling you can put Trey Lance in and the offense all of a sudden works better he's really raw he's not a great thrower right now and they're super middle of the pack in both offense and defense the defense is 13th in DVOA 14th in points allowed per drive so they're just they're not going to make a huge impact. So if the Bears can get anything going on offense, I really do think that they can cover. You never want to take more than three and a half on a road unless the team is really good and the 49ers are not. As long as it stays above three, I do like the Bears as home underdogs. All right, it's now time for my three-team parlay. I'm going to start with one game with the pick and an over that I like, and that's the Steelers at the Browns. I think the Steelers coming off a bye. They're starting to get everything together here, coming off two wins, bye. They got some rest going into this Halloween matchup. I think they cover plus three and a half. Maybe they lose by a field goal, but I think this thing goes tight down to the wire and they cover plus three and a half in Cleveland. Now, that game, the over-under is only 42 right now. Combined, the teams are averaging around 44, 45 points. I just think that's too low. They're begging you to take the over. And I'm going to give into Vegas' demands. And I'm going to buy the half point. And I'm going to say Steelers at Browns over 41 and a half. And Steelers plus three and a half. And then finally, I'm going to go to the same game that Jay Lay went with. 49ers at Bears. But I'm going to take the over here. 39 and a half. Super low number. And I get it. Both these teams have not been great offensively. But that number is just too low for my liking. I think both teams being bad together offensively means they're going to have an outbreak. It's going to happen. And it's going to at least hit 40, 42, 43 around there. They're begging to take the over. And again, I'm going to give in with Vegas and bet the over.
And that says cheerio to episode 83, the Sonoris Moss edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. Give Blue Rush that wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Tuesday following Giants Chiefs in Kansas City. I'll be there. Enjoy the game, and thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs>